Our reading today is from Matthew 14. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, we have a very special treat that I'm very excited to share with you. Um, this morning, one of, well, let me step back a little. This year, when we got together as a staff and started to talk about what we really wanted to accomplish this year, we really want to focus on that that sharing life together part of the triangle that I shared earlier. We want to get to a place where we talk about how not only we, we, we've come to understand God, but how that's impacted our lives. And we wanted to find that space where we could share that with each other. And one of the primary ways we do that in the church is by talking about how God has worked in our lives. And so we as a staff and as elders got together and agreed that we really want to make sure we emphasize testimonies this year. We want to give people the opportunity to share how God has worked in their lives. And as we gathered, one of the ones that just instantly came to mind was of my friend Drew today, who you're going to get to hear. And Drew's going to get up and get to share some of his story. And I don't want to ruin any of Drew's story because it's a powerful one for you. Um, all I'm going to say is this. I grew up with Drew. Drew and I are the exact same age. We were the same grade in school. We grew up together. We played together as kids. I remember going over to Drew's house. I remember playing hockey with him. I remember all of these fun times that we had together. And then Drew got sick as he's gonna share, and life radically changed for Drew. And as we went through high school together, I just remember Drew became a literal walking metaphor for me of someone who truly embodies what it means to walk by faith rather than by sight. And Drew has continued to walk by faith, and what it has led him to do is become, uh, he's becoming a motivational speaker, as you're gonna to get to hear a little bit about, and he's got this fantastic acronym I'm excited for him to share. Um, just on what it means to live well and live the life that God intended. And so I invite you this morning, will you just welcome up Drew Hunthausen with me as he gets to share his story. John for that awesome introduction. And yes, as John said, we are the same age. We grew up together. But now that John is, quote, pastor, he is ancient. He's a 
Pastor John. That's, that's like, I don't know. But I, I, I just have to put my, uh, my two cents in. <laughs> oh, Grace has a special place in my heart, though. This is my home church. I, I started coming here, I don't know, when I was like a year old or something, which I don't quite remember, but I grew, I grew up here. This is an awesome church. It's definitely evolved, changed throughout the years, as I think everything does, but it's, it's a great place. So this verse from Matthew, the verses from Matthew that were read today, are some of my all-time favorites as I tie in perfectly with my own story, the storms that I've faced, that I've endured in my own life, and what I've learned, just like Peter learned, when we face, when we face and endure these storms, the importance of keeping our eyes on Jesus, reaching out our hand and taking the hand of Jesus to keep us in the right direction, keep us from sinking into the sea and getting lost, keeping that faith. It is, <clears throat> it is so important. And I, I want to say one thing that I have learned is that the hand we are dealt in life is never the one we envision for ourselves. But with the grace of God, it is a hand we can learn to play with love, hope, and peace. Fight, discovering God's grace is the key to utilizing the gifts and talents that God has given us that you can use to become the person that God created us to be. I want to go into telling you a little bit about my story the battles that I, the battle that I fight each day that I have fought and continue to fight each day that I think we all fight each day as we journey on the path to becoming that person that God wants us to be. As we journey to take the hand of Jesus and continue. Some of you I think I've heard some of my story, some more or less, but some of you probably haven't. Just to go back a little bit, when I was 11 years old, I was diagnosed with bacterial meningitis. And for those of you who don't know what meningitis is, it's an infection in the membrane that surrounds the brain and the spinal cord. Just to take you back briefly to that day in 1998, or that week, the Thursday, the Thursday before I got sick, my dad was our baseball coach, and I had baseball practice, just a normal day. And then I had a fever on Friday, just a normal fever that you have when you're a kid. On Saturday, I was in the hospital, in a coma. On s Sunday night, I had IVs in both arms. I had a bolt in my skull to monitor the pressure, my brain, brain pressure. I had, I had gone through multiple tests, MRIs, 
CAT scans, things definitely were not looking good. About 10 days into all of this, the doctors called my parents in for family meeting and told them that I would most likely die. And if I didn't, I'd be a vegetable on a feeding tube for the rest of my life. Well, my friends, I'm, well, hopefully I'm not a vegetable. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm still here. I made it. The doctors were wrong. God had other plans for my life. But those plans, uh, some of those plans I wasn't too excited about, or I'm not too excited about, like being blind, being totally blind and hearing impaired. And when I first came home from the hospital, I was too weak to even sit up. And I, as I said, totally blind and hearing impaired. But I want, I want to take you back for a minute. When I, was in the, when I was in the hospital, I was in a coma, so obviously you could say I, I was taking a long nap. So I don't remember any of this, any of that time. But my, my immediate family and the people closest to me definitely do. This was a very difficult time for them. But I want to take, I want to explain, show you the power of prayer, the power of community. This church was incredible. How they came together. They had prayer vigils weekly, daily, where people came and gathered and prayed for me day and night for my healing, for my recovery. They had teams of people who, who took care of my brother and sister while my parents were with me at the hospital, made food for my family, just took care of them. It was, it was amazing. I actually had people from over 13 countries around the world praying for me. And this was before social media, before you could send a tweet out. Incredible. My dad tells me a couple stories during this time. The first one was he, had a, uh, he has a friend, she's Jewish, and his friend went to a synagogue to pray for me. And he was, was getting ready to kneel down and pray for me when a gentleman in front of him stood up and started, started praying for me. And this was someone that he had seen before but didn't even know. And this guy was praying for me, praying for my healing. Someone that didn't even know me. That's the power, the intercession, the power of prayer at work. Another story he tells me from when I was, this is when I was in the intensive care where the sickest kids are in the hospital. It was his turn to stay with me at the hospital that night. My mom called him and told him that three women from, from my little league wanted to come to the hospital and pray for me. My dad said, okay. Well, the women didn't end, end up showing up until about 11 o'clock at night at the hospital. And my dad wasn't sure if they would be able to go see me because it was so late. So he went and asked the nurse. And <clears throat> gratefully, the nurse 
was a Christian herself. And she said, okay, that's totally fine. Let them in as long as they don't mind me coming in and out to adjust Drew's IV. These women were in my, at my bedside praying for me for f- over four hours. It was incredible. And it's no accident, no coincidence that around this time was when my body, my kidneys started working for themselves again. And I guess you could say my recovery started the power of prayer, the power of community. There are so many people supporting my family. As I said, praying for me. This church was an incredible place. An incredible body of Christ. When I finally woke up from the coma, After three long months, it is not like you see in the movies. I woke up from the coma. I I wish it was, actually, I wish it was like you see in the movies where I just jump out of bed and say, oh my gosh, mom and dad, what the heck happened while I was asleep? Oh, well, unfortunately, it wasn't like that. Coming out of a three-month coma was like waking up from a deep, deep fog. It actually took me a full month to realize what had happened. I was in denial. My parents and the nurses were trying to gently let me know what was going on. But I refused to accept it. I was visualizing my bedroom, even though I was totally blind. I went, and finally, after that month, I came to terms And it was, it hit me very hard. When I came home from the hospital, I was too weak, as I mentioned before, to even sit up, totally blind, hearing impaired. I had to move my bed, my bedroom downstairs because I couldn't navigate the stairs. And I brought one of those fancy hospital beds home that you can move up and down with the push of a button. And that was my sole entertainment for a very long time. Pretty exciting, huh? Well, I would lie in bed not knowing what to do. It was so frustrating. During this time also, since I couldn't navigate the stairs, I had a special wheelchair that I would take out into the backyard. And that's where I took my showers. We'd hook the garden hose through the kitchen window up to the kitchen sink because I do like my hot water when I take showers. (laughs) And that, I mean, it was frustrating, but there was nothing I could do about it. It was just the way it was. I had night after night where I lie in bed just crying out to God, what am I supposed to do with my life? I'm totally blind. I'm here in a beard. I can't even sit up. What the heck is left for me? Well, I go to bed with tears streaming down my face only to wake up in the morning somehow with a new, renewed spirit. 
a renewed purpose. I had no clue what that purpose was, what the heck I was supposed to do with my life. Only that God wasn't done with me yet. God still had a plan for my life. He, there was still a reason why I was alive. And that kept me going. I believe that. And of course, my, my friends and family supported that. The church and the community, as I've said so many times, kept me going. And re reaching out for the hand of God. Keeping my eyes on God. That is so important. I'm going to keep repeating that because that's, that's just like Peter. When he, was, when he started walking towards Jesus and he started sinking because he took his eyes off God, he's lost faith. He got scared. It's so easy to do, so easy to say that. But it's not easy in reality to live that. But it does work. It really does. Well, moving on, fast forward now to 2016, to the present day. And this is still the same, same thing. I'm reaching out. We all need to reach out for that hand of Jesus. Take the hand of Jesus. Let him guide us because he's our ultimate light. I like to say that metaphorically, all of us are journeying blind in life because we can't see. We can't see into the future. We can't see what's coming next. We just have to trust, have faith in Jesus that it's gonna work out. That when we keep our eyes on him, that the best is yet to come. But as we move forward, I wanna briefly share with you an acronym that I came up with. I call it my angel. A stands for attitude. When you wake up in the morning, you have a choice to make. What kind of day do you wanna have? Do you want to have a day filled with promise? Or do you want to have a day dictated by regret and excuses? It's really up to you, and it depends on your attitude. It's a choice. The next letter is N. It's for no excuses. And I'm the no excuses blind guy. It's kind of my title. So this is, I guess you could say this is my forte letter. But we all make excuses at one time or another, don't we? We say things like, I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I'm too short. I'm too fat. I'm disabled. Or maybe we might even say, I just don't have what it takes. Well, my friends, when we make excuses, all it does, it just holds us back. It holds us back from achieving from becoming the person that God created us to be. I want to tell you a story that some of you might have seen if you're friends with me on Facebook. But recently, I had the opportunity to, that's a process that's taken a couple years to get a guide dog. And you go through a huge application process, medical applications, all, all those things. And I finally 
finally got approved and they finally found me a dog. Well, the trainer brought out the dog, a golden, I mean a yellow lab, beautiful dog named Rudy. He brought the dog over, we started my training. And it was, it was great, I learned, we did obedience training, walking around in the neighborhood. I learned, I learned what it's like to, to live with a dog, because the dog slept next to my bed each day. It was amazing, but towards the end of the training, my, the trainer and I decided, we, know, we saw that I didn't really have the orientation and mobility skills that it took to really utilize a guide dog. It was so frustrating because I had trained with this dog for eight days, fell in love with this dog. So I don't have this dog anymore. The trainer has to take him back. I, there were was, there was many, many ways I could have responded to that. I could have just <sighs> given up, getting angry. I could have blamed the guide dog, Rudy. Why didn't he do better? Or, or blame the trainer. He didn't train me the right way. Or I could have blamed God. Why the heck did you make me become blind? Why the heck am I disabled? It's not fair. I could have said all those things, but I didn't. Instead, I chose to be grateful. Grateful for the opportunity I had to meet this dog, to meet Rudy, to spend those eight days with Rudy. Because it was a great eight days. I learned from those eight days that I love I loved spending time with dogs, caring for a dog, feeding a dog, taking the dog out to walk. Even picking up Rudy's poop. I enjoyed all of it. And I encourage you guys, any of you who have a dog, it, it, it's fun. Next time you go out to pick up your dog's poop, put a blindfold on. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I do. It's, it, it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of, oh, so where is that landfill? I don't want to stamp in it. <laughs> uh, but seriously, it was, it was the experience, such a positive experience, even though I don't have a dog now. I know what I needed to do. I need to improve my mobility and orientation skills to get the dog. If the dog is right for me, I, I, can ex I still have the opportunity to explore it in a couple months. So don't give up. Don't make excuses. It's only going to hold you back and keep you from becoming the person that God created you, created you to be. The next letter in my angel is G for gratitude. Gratitude is so important. Gratitude, I guess, is a foundation, I think, for all of these things. Being grateful. Waking up with a grateful heart. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but when you are truly grateful, it is impossible to be sad. They're just opposite emotions. You can't do the same thing, those two things at the same time. I encourage you to try it for yourself. Try to be sad and truly grateful at the same time. 
See what happens. The next letter, my angel, is E for exercise. There's mental and there's physical exercise. We need to take care of our bodies. Our bodies are temples of God. We need to take care of our bodies. Exercise. Eat right. Same with our minds. We need to exercise our minds. Whether it's reading. Whatever it is. Whatever you like to do. We, we need to keep those things active. I don't know. Some of you guys might think I'm crazy. But recently, I decided to try something different. Take on a new endeavor, I guess you could say. I, this coming October, I started training for a triathlon that I'm going to compete in. It's with the Challenged Athletes Foundation, which is an organization in San Diego. And it's, <clears throat> it's going to be a one-mile swim, a 44-mile bike ride, and a 10K run. And I'm very, very excited about it. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm training for it. It's, it's definitely, especially the running, which I'm not, I'm not a runner. So I have to, definitely have to train for it. And, and, and also, if, if, if you think of a triathlon, I mean, obviously you guys have never done a blind, so you, you don't know. I, I, could be, I could get out there and start running in circles, riding my bike in circles, swimming in circles. Oh, well, luckily, I have a guide. I'm doing it with somebody. So it's not going to be running in circles because that, that, that would be more like a 600-mile run and a 1,000-mile <laughs> bike ride. <laughs> but no, I, I have an, um, this amazing guy who I met a few weeks ago in San Diego. He's going to be doing it with me. He's an incredible athlete. I'm really really excited. And it's, it, it is a fundraiser for the Challenge Athletes Foundation, but also for a few pieces of specialized equipment that I need to purchase in order to, to participate in this triathlon. And hopefully, if I don't, if I survive it, I might, I might continue to do some more triathlons as well. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out with my dad uh, after the service at the welcome table. I definitely want to talk to you guys. Uh, but also, if you want to make a donation for the triathlon to me and to the Challenge Athletes Foundation, I'd really, really appreciate it. And it, financial donations are, of course, greatly appreciated, but also I think I need your prayers as well for my, for my well-being during this whole process. Thanks so much. Last letter in my angel is L, for love yourselves. It's so important to love yourselves just as God loves us. We are created in God's image. And if you, we don't, if you don't love your first, love yourselves, how can you be a good friend, a good spouse, a good sibling, any of that? You can't if you don't know how to first love yourselves. And I'm not talking about conceited love, but just knowing that you have what it takes to be all that you can be. Also, connected to loving yourselves, 
I like to think that forgiveness goes, goes along with that. Because if you cannot forgive yourself or forgive others, how, it's like someone once told me, living in unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. I mean, that's, that's one, of the, one of those kind of brain teasers you have to think about for a while. But right off the bat, it kind of makes sense if you don't think about it for a while. And it's, but it's true that living in unforgiveness harms yourself. Harboring that, not letting it go, is like you stay sick. But when, when you can, and letting, forgiving others, forgiving yourself, it doesn't, it doesn't mean, it's not the same as forgetting. It just means you're letting go. You're forgiving, freeing yourself up as well as others. Very important. My friends, we all face challenges in life, don't we? Some of us more, some of us more than others. We, we need to hold that hand of Jesus, keep our eyes on Jesus so we can go in the right direction. And by the way, that, that's what I'm planning to do with, with my triathlon. I, I guess I don't really need a guide. <laughs> but we, we need to keep our eyes in the right direction so we can get there. We, don't, we won't sink in to the sea like Peter started to do. We can, we can figuratively walk on water. It is incredible. And also, when we can do that, when you can do that, only the best is yet to come. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity had today to share my testimony, share my story, my message, inspiration with everybody here. It's so important, Lord. Please help us to focus on you, to hold your hand every step of the way. Keep our eyes on you because that's the only way we're going to be ultimately successful in life, Lord. We all know it. Please guide us every step of the way. Thank you so much. We pray this in your precious holy name. Amen.